The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I want to talk about how well-being follows acceptance. And uh, acceptance or allowing of both, you know, the beautiful and the difficult. Rick Hansen, uh, who is a neuropsychologist and a Dharma teacher, practitioner, wrote, one of the most important skills we can learn is how to become more aware of all the parts of our experience and avoid being captured by any one of them and to work with those parts more skillfully. So what arises in our life can be both beautiful and terrifying, difficult, challenging, boring. And we have a habit of resisting resisting what's coming up and sometimes the beautiful as well as the difficult because we want to make it a little bit more this or a little less that or we're afraid but it's really when we can learn to say yes Yes to the sadness, the whispered longing, the pain. It's in saying yes to the anger that we actually offer love. Yes to the sunshine. Yes to the bird song. The crack in the sidewalk even. Sort of love means setting aside the walls, the fences, and welcoming it all in. In this raft practice, the recognize, things have to be seen for us to say yes to them. If we're resisting, we're saying no. But we can say yes to the resistance. We can always say yes to something that's happening. And the feeling, the R, recognize, the allow, A, the feel, the F. The mind moves fast, like the recognizing. The nervous system connected to the thinking is fast. But the feeling or the digesting, the processing of what's happening is slow. We can eat fast, as fast as we want. It doesn't mean the body digests our food faster. The digestion takes the time it takes. The feeling is coming into space that allows things to be felt, allows us to be felt by them 
and to let it transform, to move. And, uh, you know, one of these challenges of life is to recognize that no matter how much we work, how hard we work to make things go okay, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So in the recent, in my life and recently, there have been many things that are great examples. I heard about a 56-year-old marathon bike rider, a friend of a friend, who died of a heart attack while enjoying a, a local bike ride. So fit, active, doing all the things. And what does he die of? Suddenly a heart attack. Somebody who's living their life, in part to be healthy, the daughter, adult daughter of a mother who's a psychologist, develops severe depression, suicidal ideation. She's a therapist. The kids in pain. People who married with a vow to always be honest and real, divorced because one of them fell with, in love with somebody else and didn't tell the other person. The woman I know who ate walnuts every day and all these other things to be really healthy, healthy, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. The woman who always wanted to get a child couldn't get pregnant, while the one who never did got one. We, we, you know, what we do and what we try to do doesn't always end up with the results that we want. But how do we say yes to what we do get? How do we find and open to the beauty? There's this line in a little poem. Love means setting aside walls, fences, unlocking doors, and welcoming it all in, saying yes. One can be in paradise by simply saying yes to this moment. There's something profound that happens when we can say yes when we can allow in, let it come in, feel it, let it be. There's a peace, a beauty, a joy, an ease. You have your own words for that feeling that happens. Suffering is getting what we don't want and not getting what we do want. But suffering is uh, something we can turn toward and let it be the thing that helps us see what it is that we're trying to control, what we're wanting and not wanting. And when we can turn toward that with some acceptance and stop wanting what we don't have and want what we do have, we actually start to, uh, we start, I think this is part of how we start to really walk this path, the Buddha's path. It's how we find the right place to put our foot. 
Part of this also means we have to learn to really understand and accept what we really do have control over and what we don't. This also means that we need to receive the goodness that comes our way. We need to let it be felt too. To not dismiss it because it's not quite the right flavor. We get a lot of gifts we don't ask for, but do we receive them? Do we appreciate them and take them in? The body goes slow, receiving is slow. It's an opening to and feeling and allowing that is receiving these gifts. It's one thing to know the sun is shining on your face. It's a very different thing to feel it. So how do we feel? How do we allow ourselves to know and receive our life? Here's a short poem by William Stafford. It could happen any time. Tornado, earthquake, Armageddon. It could happen. Or sunshine, love, salvation. It could, you know. That's why we wake and look out. No guarantees in this life. But some bonuses, like morning, like right now, like noon, like evening. Some bonuses. And sometimes things in life make it hard for us to receive our bonuses because things are really hard. And if we're having that trouble, we might need to look and make sure that we aren't putting conditions on what we're receiving or giving. The Buddha says that there are three kinds of happiness. The happiness of generosity, so really being generous, giving without attachment or expectation, giving freely, and not giving more than one can really give. There's the second happiness, is the happiness of your own integrity. Not nice. It's so beautiful. It's, that's Jack Cornfield's in, uh, interpretation of the words of the Buddha, but integrity. And that has to do with um, ethical action, non-harming. The third kind of happiness is the happiness of an inner well-being that comes from tending to the mind and heart so that what is beautiful in you can come forth. So when we're having a hard time finding the the sunshine kind of happiness in our lives, 
Practice service. Practice integrity. Practice generosity. You may have heard this poem. It's by, I cannot say the name right, but Rab, Rabindranth Tagore. I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was duty. I worked and behold, duty was joy. I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was duty. I worked and behold, duty was joy. Viktor Frankl, who wrote the book um, and many books, Man's Search for Meaning, he was a Holocaust survivor. He writes about this poem. These are his words. So somehow life is a duty, a single huge obligation. And there is certainly joy in life too, but it cannot be pursued, cannot be willed into being as joy. Rather, it must arise spontaneously. And in fact, it does arise spontaneously. Just an outcome may arise. Happiness should not, must not, and can never be a goal, but only an outcome. The outcome of the fulfillment of that in which Tagore's poem is called duty. All human striving for happiness in this sense is doomed to failure, as luck can only fall into one's lap, but can never be hunted down. So there are three kinds of happiness. The happiness of generosity, the happiness of your own integrity, and happiness of inner well-being that comes from tending the mind and heart so that what is beautiful in you, because it's there, what is beautiful in you can come forth. Are there any questions or comments before we shift? Thank you for your practice. It was a beautiful, there was a lot of stillness in this room today and spaciousness here in this practice and I needed it and I'm grateful for it. Thank you. So can I see the show of hands of people who are willing to stay and care for the Sangha? Great. All right, Marianne, do you want to find out who wants to do what? Thank you.